Hey everyone, welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Voyager actor who also played the role of Peter Wood in a 1985 episode of The Twilight Zone, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil, and myself, your favorite forever ensign, Garrett Wong. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. How was wow. that episode of the Twilight wow. Zone? To work on? The Twilight Zone. Yeah. We just talked about that recently because of the Disney Ranch yes. location yes. where we shot uh, Memorial. That's right. And that was the first place that I, uh, the first kind of location that I yeah. ever filmed on yeah. in California. It was crazy. I was uh, going to school. I was at Juilliard and mm-hmm. it was in the summer. It was uh, during the summer. Yeah. of that year, I, I had a commercial agent and I'd gotten it through like a roommate's friend who knew these people that had a commercial agency. And I hadn't really gone out much on anything. Right. But they, this commercial agent sent me out for an episode. It was one of the first episodes of the Twilight Zone. Okay. That's like, a little oh, weird. Yeah. This like, is your commercial agent sent, not yeah. your theatrical agent sending you out on that. But it was call. in New York back in the eighties and they kind of crossed over a little bit sometimes, the, uh, you know, gotcha. they mostly did kids. It was right. mostly a kid's agency. actually. Right. Okay. It's funny. I was just thinking about this agency because I was cleaning out boxes, organizing in the house. And I found a box of these old headshots. N- no, I found. So the name of the agency was chronic and Kelly. Okay. It was chronic like, and Kelly. Jane chronic and somebody Kelly or something like the name already. Chronic and Kelly. Yes. And it was a kid's agency that did mostly commercials. And I don't, I ended up there oddly by accident. They sent me off to Twilight Zone. I booked it and they were so thrilled because they, it was a small little agency that they gave me, they gave me a jacket of the agency that had and I still have that jacket. Oh, and I just found it recently. And it's like this black, satin jacket with like pink lettering on the back chronic and kelly agents talent agency yeah and i remember when they gave me that as like a reward for booking a big job yeah i used to wear that around town i was i felt like oh i'm a professional now i have a (laughs) professional agency jacket on look at me it just felt like such a status symbol you know i I love it just don't get these jackets (laughs) if you're not a working actor I love that it's still in your wardrobe, though. That I you still have it. Have still, it. Yeah. I, it feels like one of those things I just don't want to ever let go. And it, I'm going to tell you, I'm a, I was going to ask you that. I, please do not let go of that. Keep oh that in your gosh. collection. That has to go to the the Delta Flyers the museum, museum that opens yes. uh, posthumously after we both yes. pass away, right? So they'll have everything. <laughs> yes. Are in the, the jacket will be there. Okay. Okay. Yes. That's funny. Yeah. But the show, yeah, Twilight Zone was very exciting. I did it the summer after my freshman year at Juilliard. And then it came out in the fall and there was uh it was very well received. It mm. was uh I was really proud of that. And yeah. it's funny because I was at I was in Juilliard studying all this classical theater. And so when I was doing it, the role I played was this modern kid okay. who gets a fever and he starts telepathically speaking with a girl in the 1600s in Salem, Massachusetts. Oh wow. And they have telepathy and then th- then the people around s- her they yeah. think that she's a witch. She goes oh on a God. witch trial and then I had to look in history books to come up with a way to get her out of this. Oh my God. I love this premise. I love the storyline. So it was kind of cool. Yeah. But I was speaking 
very precisely with my Juilliard trained training, trained yeah. voice work. <laughs> yes. And and then they had cast Justine Bateman, who was on Family Ties. Of course. Yes. Who's Love like her. a valley girl. Mm. They cast Justine as the witch. And the director kept saying to me, um, you know, you sound like an old English settler. <laughs> and she sounds like a modern valley. Ali girl, and we need to switch it. Like she needs to sound oh, like the old English, classical. Yeah. And so stop, t- stop talking Juilliard. Stop yeah. talking like you're from Juilliard. And it was very hard because I had spent an entire year getting drilled in my head, like, you know, precise consonants and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Did you was, make the adjustment? I feel like I tried, but I, the last time I saw a piece of that, when it was on reruns or something, I was like, oh yeah, I can hear the Juilliard. It's still there. The heavy Juilliard, you know, affectation that I was, it was just being I, drilled into me. But anyway, it was fun. Were you a fan of Twilight Zone before you booked that? Program? I was, yeah. I okay. loved Twilight Zone. So yeah. booking that was pretty exciting for you. Yeah. Right. The re- reboot, the relaunch of that yeah. show in the 80s was kind of a big deal. It, it was, was a big bef- deal. I remember bef- that. Yeah. Uh, Twilight Zone reboot was, and then it went on as a syndicated show after a couple years on CBS. And I think the brand has gotten watered down, but at the time it felt like that is yeah. a big brand to be a part of. And it was a big deal. So yeah. so this is a project that you booked while still being at Juilliard as, as a student. Um, yep. Well, I guess my next question would be in your Juilliard class, was it the same for the other classmates? Were they also booking things left and right, or were you the only one? Um, there were one of my classmates. His name's John Tenney. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's gone on to a great career. John left in our freshman year to do the first national tour of The Real Thing, the Broadway play, which was a big hit. Mm-hmm. So he had already left to do a job. And then that summer, another classmate had done uh a production out at the Guthrie Theater so he was that maybe was going to go to Broadway so he was kind of on a track there were a few people that were working but it was mostly theater stuff right there weren't as many doing film or tv and you I, were the I, one hitting those roles right yeah the, the actual... I started getting a couple of those the the German little indie film the Twilight Zone episode I think I did a couple of commercials that summer yeah so I was working and then a few months later into my second year is when the all my children people called and mm-hmm. offered me a two-year contract to to do a soap opera and that's when i left school in my in my second year so well what was the mindset of uh, a juilliard classically trained actor booking non-theater roles booking television film it was, not it, was it sort of looked as, on as a negative thing or was it like oh th- you hit the promised land i, I think was, if it had been it? some big feature film with kevin klein you know yeah starring opposite you know kevin klein or christopher reeves or you know somebody famous sure that would have been treated differently you know i was getting an episode of the twilight zone i'm getting you know a daytime soap opera so the things that i was getting were not looked at as like were worthy of leaving school you know gotcha and i disagreed so i left yeah (laughs) so you (laughs) so you left and that is exactly what happened you did leave yeah (laughs) i did All right. Okay. So this week's episode is Sunkatsu. So I am excited to go watch. Is that this. how? How do you say it? Sunkatsu. I say Sunkatsu. Yes. Being being of Chinese, Amer- being Chinese American, and being able to speak Mandarin, there are a lot of T and S sounds that come out at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Sunkatsu is how I say it. I think I've always like tsunami, said tsunami, tsunami, Sunkatsu, like that. 
Yeah, I think I've always said, now I'm trying to get your pronunciation out of my head. I yeah. know mine is different. I think yeah. I've always said Tsunkate. Tsunkate? Oh, so you don't even pronounce the first T. I don't think so. Tsunkate. Tsunkate. It's spelled T-S-U-N-K-A-T-S-E. Now I'm so confused. Tsunkate. I don't know what I ever called it. Chunchache. I have no er earthly idea. <laughs> now I'm confused. Sunkati. Sunkatsi? Tunkatsi. Shaka Khan. I don't know. I <laughs> Shaka Khan. Yeah. Are you ready for this episode of Shaka Khan? Come on. I now. am totally ready. I okay. really don't know what I've called it in the past. Now I'm confused. I'm so, going to call it what you call it. Sunkatsi. But you have not called it, the, you have not pronounced it no. the way I've been pronouncing it. No. No. Wow. Sunkati. I, I think I said Sunkati. Tsunkati? Tunes. I don't know. Now I'm, I'm literally confusing myself. You are confusing Tsunkati. yourself and me now. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a double confusion right now. Thank you Shaka for that. Khan. Shaka, Shaka Khan. That's it. Shaka, Shaka Khan. Yes. Let's okay, go let's watch this episode of Shaka Khan and we'll be right back with our <laughs> recap and discussion of Tsunkatse. And Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. We are back from watching Tsunkatsi. Tsunkatsi or Tsunkatsi <laughs> or I don't know how to pronounce it. All right. Um Kati, I I have I really have been mispronouncing this. You have to Anyway, it's okay. It is what it is. It's, it's okay. a made up word. It's a it's all right. Okay, okay, let's let's start off with our poetry synopsis of Tsunkatsi and here's my okay. haiku. Here we go. Thank you. Crew loves Tsunkatsu. Seven must fight for Tuvok. Lucky Hirogen. <laughs> good. Good, good, good. All right. All right. Here we go with our limerick mm -hmm. for Tsunkatsu. <laughs> the crew is on shore leave, but Seven wants to do science stuff. Kidnapped and forced to fight, Tuvok's looking pretty rough. Tom, Neelix, Harriet, Chakotay are watching. The rock is there. He's definitely rocking. It's not Seven's strength, but her humanity makes her tough. Oh, nice. Huh? Yeah, very good. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. This is a hard one. This is a tough yeah. one for me. This episode was tough, you're saying, or that limerick was tough? All of it. Okay, the gotcha. whole experience for me, this one, <laughs> you know, I'm probably showing my hand here a little, but this All one right. was... This one was tough for me. Let's, let's dive right into it. Okay, okay. Let's, let's dive let's, in. Let's talk about. Let's talk about. Um, let's talk about writers. Let's talk about guest stars. Yeah. Let's talk about directors. Okay. By the way, how lucky was I? I guessed Mike that Vayar. on the money. I guessed I, that on the money. I don't understand because you never say Mike Vehar. I know, and I know. you said it, and it was right, I, and it was odds. right on the money. That's, I'm. I'm getting a detective this... to figure out how you've pulled that one off. That's a tough one. I just said, I said, all right, if you already went with, we already went with Craker. We yeah. had Craker in the episode before you picked, who'd you pick? I forgot who you said. For this one? Yeah. I said Livingston. I, you said Livingston. And I was like, I got to come up with someone other than, and I was going to say Anson, 
Williams. And really? I was like, no, yeah. And then I was like, no, no, no. I'm going to go with some, another okay. name. And Mike Vehar bubbled up onto my tongue. Unbelievable. And I got to say, I'm right on the money on that. I was yeah. so excited. Okay. Okay. Mike Vehar directed. We've talked about him before. Yeah. Bob Doherty wrote the script. And we I love, talked- I love Robert Doherty. I love yeah. his dialogue. He does such mm-hmm. a good job with everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This story was by Gannon Kenny, who I... I- who must have been an outside pitch? Must have been. Have been. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. First time guess, seeing that name. Our guest stars Jeffrey Combs as uh, Pink. So good to see him. I, this was the first episode he did with us, right? Or maybe, maybe the, this only, is the only, only episode that he yes. did on Voyager. Wow. Well, yeah. Jeffrey's phenomenal. Um, his very first job, 1981, a movie called Honky Tonk Freeway. Oh, Harry Gar. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Jeffrey Combs. He'd done a lot of theater yeah. before. Uh, yeah. Jeff Jeffrey's great. So talented. he's great. And, and, you know, uh, I don't even know where to begin with his Star Trek connections. Cause he's, he did so many episodes of D space nine, mm-hmm. 30 or 40 episodes. Maybe he did, uh, you know, a dozen episodes or so of enterprise he's been on. I, I forget. He may be tied for the most characters ever played in the Star Trek. I don't think he's tied. I think he wins it. I think he, he may even be the, the winner. I, I really think he's the winner. He's, yeah. I mean, the number of characters, different characters. Is unbelievable. Unbelievable, really is. But that's a testament to how good of an actor he is. He's a wonderful actor and a wonderful human being. Who's next on our docket? Uh, next is J.G. Hertzler. Love J.G. Another, uh, you know, regular yeah. in the Star Trek franchise. Yeah. He plays the Herogen fighter, which mm-hmm. I never would have guessed. I, I never... I completely forgot that jg was in this yeah. and i forgot that uh jeffrey combs was in it and yeah. plus jg sort of does a little bit of an affectation to his voice so yeah. there's a t- there's certain times when you're like Very different. is that jg yeah it's I different know. it's different um jg's first job in show business uh in 1978 he appeared on the soap opera general hospital what yeah <laughs> daytime was his uh beginnings and our last guest star obviously is the rock the rock yeah yes dwayne johnson the rock um so the rock i always thought that this was his first acting role that he had just done wrestling no that's incorrect correct it is incorrect Mm -hmm. his first acting job was that 70s show Mm. as uh on the sitcom playing a character named rocky johnson what do you (laughs) That's what year was that? 1999. Well, Rocky so Johnson, maybe... I think that's his dad's name. So, oh. yeah. So maybe he, hmm. 19, what What year? Sorry. A year before, uh, 1999. 99. So one year before. So this was yes. his, was Voyager his second acting job then? No. The oh, Net. boy. A TV show, The Net. Okay. So. Was right before us. That 70 shows, The Net, and then, and then Voyager? Us. Yeah. Three times a charm. The third one was it. And that's yeah. what sort of launched him. I'm going to say our show launched him into the stratosphere. Agreed. Agreed. Must have done it. Must yeah. have. Um, <laughs> but his very first credit yes. as an actor was in the U.S. Wrestling Association Championship Wrestling oh my goodness. Uh, episode in 1996. He yeah. played a character named Flex Kavana. Oh. First wrestler um you know um character that he played before he was the rock yeah he was flex cavana flex cavana in 1996 <laughs> and just so everybody okay. knows the wrestling entertainment isn't you know the wrestlers that you see like the rock that's not real fighting in fact 
I remember once. It's I not. Took, I took my niece. So I called my niece. I'm going to make this story really quick. Okay. I called my niece one time <laughs> and I, and I said, uh, Oh, WWE is, uh, Oh no, I didn't call her. She texted me. Yeah. My niece texts me and she says, Hey, uncle Robbie. Um, this is in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uncle Robbie. Um, I just saw that uh, WWE is coming to Atlanta. And I remember we had talked about that. And wouldn't that be fun to go? And I said to Rebecca, I never remember talking to Abby about WWE. What is she talking about? I never, it's fake wrestling. Why would I ever want to go? And, but I said, you know, if my niece says, uncle Robbie, you want to go, I'm going to say yes. So I got us tickets. We go to WW, we go have a dinner, nice, yeah. you know, Uncle Robbie dinner. We go out to the, see the WWE. We're yeah. watching. And about halfway through, she goes, Uncle Robbie, she said, I don't know if this doesn't seem real. That's not what I expected. <laughs> and I was like, oh, she thought it was real. And it then it real. occurred to me yeah. that one time my niece and I had talked about MMA. Oh, we had yeah. talked about MMA and I was like, yeah. oh yeah, I really enjoy it. And she says, me too. I love it. I was like, yeah. that's so surprising, Abby, yeah. that you like MMA. Yeah. She'd mixed it up. She mixed the two. So we went to WWE, <laughs> World Wrestling Entertainment, which I, is fake. I feel like was, you should have said spoiler before you said it's fake. Because there may be people out there who are still diehard wrestling fans that believe it all. They do. Well, part of the fun of the fans is that they they go along with it. All yeah. the drama because it's kind of yeah. like a soap opera. There's it is. It is and... It's a soap opera in the ring. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's The Rock. That's our yeah. guest stars. That's and you know, you know, he did play football, right? He did play football. Yeah. Not professional. He just played yeah. college. No, professional. Uh, CFL. Really? CFL. Oh. Here in Calgary. This is where I'm recording today. So yeah, he was a Calgary oh, Stampede. Mm hmm. Oh wow! Yeah, I knew he played college ball, but I didn't yeah. know he played. Wow. Okay. Well, that's very cool. All Moving right. On. Here we go. Yes. Let's go into it. Let's dive into this. Wow! Uh, Look at this, this opening scene. This is—it's literally a WWE match. I mean, just all the lights and the and the music and every—it was really a. We go right into an arena. Yeah. Yes. It opens with an arena, yeah. and there's lots of different aliens yeah. species in the audience. There's even some human Starfleet. Uh, officers in the audience so it's very yes. confusing it's like is this a is is this a game on the holodeck right. I, I didn't know what this i i couldn't remember this episode really except mm-hmm. that the rock was in it so i was like mm-hmm. it made no sense <laughs> so we're starfleet is watching with all these aliens yeah. uh these two fighters come out right and one fighter is kind of martial artsy he's moving around and the other this very fancy uh entrance shot and we introduce a Herogen fighter, which is J.G. Hertzler coming out. Mm-hmm. They have lights on their chest and on their hands that I didn't understand. I was like, are those like boxing gloves? Like yeah. if they hit with a light. And then then, there, then I saw there was some electrical shocks when right. they make contact. If you so, punch the disc, that little disc on the center of their yeah. chest, that's what makes them have the, the electricity elect- or something. The electric- right? Yeah, the electrical yeah. shock. By the way, when they had those on and we were watching them fight, I thought, oh my God, that is so cool. Because at the time, I was so into trance and still am, you know, but I was mm-hmm. going to kind of like raves and whatnot and and using glow sticks. And so I thought, those are glow sticks that are already on your gloves, basically. Right. So I really wanted a pair, but I 
Couldn't get one. So. Couldn't get one. No. Yeah, they were pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It was a cool design. Those little lights, they were like pads. Yeah. They were, they were kind of on the back of the hand, a pad, yeah. and then a circle on the chest. Right. Um, great fight choreography. Mm-hmm. I did remember that this set was reused from Virtuoso, that they expanded the yeah. theater set into right. a full circle mm-hmm. and added some stuff. And this is the uh, the uh, Sunkatsi set. Yeah. Um, but the Herojin ultimately wins. And then we reveal at the end of this that it's not just extras in the audience. We've got Balana and Chakotay, and they are pumped. They're into so, it. So we go out on that moment of yeah. revealing Balana and Chakotay are watching this fight. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't understand. I was so confused. <laughs> um, we come back. We come back. We got a space shot. Captain's log. She says the crew is enjoying shore leave on... The Norcadian homeworld. Right. So must be a friendly place if we're having shore leave. We must have met them, figured out they're safe. You know, we're trading a little or whatever. Yeah. She's going to visit Pindari, the planet in the neighboring system. Mm -hmm. And over that captain's law, we cut to the hallway. See Janeway um, walking down with a, like a (laughs) duffel bag. (laughs) <laughs> which I've never seen it's her overnight anyone bag. go on a on a away mission with a duffel bag. But, yeah. well, but just, we, we had yeah. big duffel bags and we came back from our two week away mission. Remember the prior? Yeah, episode. that's true. So we did have okay. that. Yeah. So yeah. She has it little... just feels a little new, like this whole okay. thing. And we're, we're going to get to seven later what she's carrying. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, she's leaving with a duffel bag. They got to yeah. walk and talk. She's reminding Chakotay he's going to be in charge. Yeah. He's says, you know, uh, don't forget about the diagnostic on the shield generator. Mm-hmm. And he's like on it. And uh, she says, also keep an eye on Neelix. And he's got a project. Yeah. He's he's trying to use Borg technology to enhance his stove. <laughs> um, be careful. And Chicote is like, well, I will assign a security detail to that. <laughs> um, maybe a little overkill for Neelix. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> she takes off. Balana joins Chicote here. And she's pumped up, Balana. Yeah. And she wants to go back and watch more of the fighting. Yeah. And she wants Chakotay to go back with her. And she says, you know, I've I've checked uh, Harry's free this afternoon. <laughs> and in this part of the conversation, I pause. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> Balana's telling Chakotay she wants to go on a date. <laughs> and she's saying Harry's free this afternoon. Is that for a date with him? Or I was like, isn't she dating uh paris like, <laughs> you almost said harry i know, I know. <laughs> you did but i was like what about tom why yeah. isn't she saying hey chakotay i'm <laughs> i want to go with tom to the fight what the heck Look, it's robbie it's clearly a maquis thing it's a maquis thing that's maybe it. it is okay yeah, that's all okay <laughs> next we're in the mess hall i think right mm-hmm. and uh balana asks uh as they walk, she walks in with Chakotay to the mess hall and she says to Neelix, I hope that's not lunch. And she's pointing at this giant, it looks like a punch bowl of like yellow. Did you say jello? What would you say it that looks, thing looks like? It looked like jello or or pudding. Yeah, or, pudding. Yes. It, but it was, it was gr- gross. She's like, I hope that's not lunch. Yeah. And then we reveal Neelix. <laughs> He's he's sunburned, but like only on one side, on one of, side of his face. <laughs> and he says it's Leola root ointment, and he's gonna he you know he needs it for Good his sunburn. Lord. It's a talaxian thing, and said he fell asleep and he got sunburned because he forgot his 
his dermaline hypospray <laughs> and he fell asleep under two suns. So, oh man, I can't imagine. But he also says something like, you know, it, it'll, it'll heal up and turn a nice, what did he say? A nice amber color or something. I didn't know <laughs> Talaxian's like sunbathe. Right. But I don't, also did not know that Leola root could serve as an yeah. ointment. Who knew that? I know. It's sort of it's the fix for all everything. for everything, isn't it? Yeah, Put a little Leola root on meal. it. Yeah. If you skin yeah. your knee, rub a little Leola root on it. You're good. Yeah. yeah. But they discuss the Sunkatsu tournament. Mm. Um, Seven comes over and Seven basically says, you know what? It's crude and pointless, this kind of fighting. Yes. Um, Tuvok's there. They invite Tuvok and he says... Uh, he he would he's got plans to go on an away mission to a micro nebula. He says, and uh, I guess Seven and Tuvok have planned. You know, on their yeah. shore leave, they're gonna go hang out at this micro nebula and do tests and science. <laughs> this is the best. This is These the nerdiest. Two, this, yeah, this is so nerdy. It's the two driest nerdiest characters on Voyager deciding to hang out together yes. to look at yes. this micro nebula, which at one point I was thinking, why aren't these two together? These yeah. two are perfect for each other. Yes, okay. they are. Keep they going. Are. Chakotay <laughs> says, okay, well, you can do whatever you want. Uh, try to, please try to enjoy yourselves, he says. <laughs> yeah. And then as everybody leaves, I love at the end of the scene, everybody leaves and, and Neelix is kind of in the foreground and he slowly turns. You know when you have a sunburn and like everything hurts? Yeah. And you just don't want to move. Yeah. I thought Ethan Phil's played that last moment. Everybody leaves and it's like the slowest turn. <laughs> and he takes a breath and then he just exits the shot. And it was nice. really, it was a funny bit. I, I love the that realism bit. that Johnny yeah. put in there. Good the job. sunburn. <laughs> yes. The sunburn sense memory of it all. We've all been there. Oh my um, goodness. We go to Cargo Bay next. Yeah. Oh, um, you're in this scene. Yeah. 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 Paris comes in with the navigational data that uh, Seven had requested. Right. And uh, I thought it was funny because you never see scenes with Paris and Seven. <laughs> no, it's, it was so bizarre. I was like, what are you doing in this scene with her? I know. I, I know. It's so never. rare. So rare. If oh, I'm I in a scene with Seven, it's yeah. with a bunch of other people. Yeah, but just the two of us chatting. Never, never. Which is no. so funny because I thought it was a fun scene. Like It, I, it is I a think, great scene. I love I think it. they are an interesting odd couple to have together. Cause he's so not, you know, Paris is so not logical or interested in right. anything that she's interested in. Right. So it would be fun to see them. I know we don't, I know what's not going to happen, Correct. but it, it would be fun to see them Most together definitely. more, Most definitely. Uh, but he comes in, she's packing these giant containers and he starts giving her crap about that. He's like, Oh, you're like, Bologna, you overpack. Yeah. And he asks her about a like some kind of little tool. Yeah. And he goes, why can't you just replicate this thing? Yeah. And she said, I prefer this one. <laughs> the isomodulator. <laughs> yeah, the isomodulator. Yeah. yeah, and I love that. Because you could easily replicate that. So you don't have to pack the dang thing. But no. she's like, I prefer this one. Like, that's her favorite isomodulator that she's always been using. Very and funny. she's also... She's putting them into these giant barrels, like plastic barrels, which just don't seem very no. practical for um, no. stacking or Not at all. carrying around or anything. No. So, yeah, I mean, the um, only thing good thing would be you roll the barrel. You could roll, yeah, it. which which she doesn't <laughs> she in the doesn't next do scene. It. No, she does not do carrying both of them. Yeah, I, I love it. 
Very but funny. Paris does say in the scene, he says, oh, yeah, Bellana has special things she likes that she always brings a stuffed animal away with her on yeah. missions. This is new and info I, for us. I was like, what? <laughs> like, Where did this happen? <laughs> yeah, I thought this is insane. I've never seen a stuffed animal you, in her, in her okay. room. I've never talked about it. It's a cool detail, but yes. it seems a little late can, in the game. I, I agree. Yes. But can I just say, Toby yes. the Targ, I really feel like that should be in our merch store. We should oh, have a Toby the a Targ Toby stuffed the targ. animal. Yes. That's Come a good on. one. Yeah. Toby the Targ is, sounds cute. Heck yeah. And by the way, as soon as he said, as soon as Paris said, oh, yeah, Balan always brings a stuffed animal, I pictured something like a Targ. You did? Okay. Yes, I totally that that would be what she has. <laughs> okay. Seven does ask uh, Paris. She says, "Well, can Toby the Targ correct hull oblations? Your comparison is flawed." <laughs> and she walks off. And I love Tom's or my double take at the end. It was like, you know, because she says, "Can Toby the Targ correct hull, hull, hull oblations?" Yeah. And Paris starts to go. Uh, and then she goes, "Your comparison is flawed," and just yeah. walk. You know, like <laughs> mic drop and walks out. Yeah. Yeah, good and reaction. I, yeah, it was funny. It was, it was a good nice, one. nice light comedy. I'm proud of those I, little, yeah, little moments. Yeah, it was. I think it was a wonderful scene between the two of you. Really, yeah, was. it was fun. Really, was. we go into the hall next. Yeah, and doctors uh, asking Seven if she would join him for a tour of all the cultural hotspots yeah. uh, on the planet, and yeah. she says no. She's busy with Tuvok. Now she's walking down the hall carrying two of these giant. Plastic, plastic barrels barrels <laughs> and i was like why why was this the choice and then i thought okay well i know that there's going to be fighting because the rocks in the episode yeah maybe it's to foreshadow that she's strong that oh, it's just okay something that it that no normal person would do <laughs> yeah, i think that's that's so, a good way to put it i like your rationalization Good. I mean, I don't know if I'm reading into it or no, if it was no. just a, okay. No. I'm going to go with that because there's no other reason why she would carry that. She'd have a duffel bag or something. Why would she carry Or she'd have them on freaking... a cart or Exactly. Something. But still, yeah. she just she's carrying them like they're nothing too, yeah. right? She's walking yeah. like, and clearly they're filled with equipment. So they're probably each like, I don't know, I'm going to guess 100 pounds each. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so it's, it's very impressive. That's what yeah. it is. Foreshadowing. Super strength. Um, did you notice the extra walking behind her, the, the mistiming on the extra, by the way? No, what happened? <laughs> so it's in a two shot and you see someone walking towards them yeah. from the uh, down sure. at the hall and almost gets to them, literally yeah. is going to walk behind seven. Yeah. And then it cuts over be just before he passes, it cuts over to her close up. Yeah. And I expected him to walk by in, in that matched action. Yeah, and he's not and he in, doesn't walk he's not by. <laughs> and then like four seconds later, he walks by. Oh. And I was like, oh wow, guys. Like they didn't catch that. Oh you should have goodness. not cut it that way. Cause it just oh. those little things always they bug you, distract don't they? me. Yeah. They really and I think do. they bug people that yeah are in the know for sure. And and even if you're not in the know, there's something about the cut that you go, something's off. off. Yes. You don't even if you yes. can't pinpoint it, yes. It it it's a distraction from the reality of the scenes so. yeah did you feel like the doctor was hitting on seven right here it felt a little yeah like yeah. hey let's go on a date you know it's going to be wonderful yeah. and then seven's like no i'm i'm already i already have a date with tuvok basically we're going to go look at this micro nebula why don't you join us 
And the doctor's just, it's too funny. He's, you would yeah. think he'd be into this, but he's not. He's like, nope, no. I'm gonna, he does this quick, you know, vaudeville kind of exit out of there. He says, no, thanks. And off he goes. And now we go to a shuttle flyby and it is not the flyer. No, um, it's just a standard shuttle. Correct. Standard shuttle, because I guess Janeway took the flyer. I think, Janeway right? took, yeah, you gave her the keys and she says, okay, yeah. I'm going to take the flyer. We go inside the shuttle and there's silence. <laughs> I love this scene though. It's, it's funny. just so funny because she's like, they're talking about the fact that, um, I mean, she feels bad because the doctor has been trying to encourage her to engage in conversation during awkward silences. Tuvok responds with, did you find the silence awkward? And Seven's like, no. And Tuvok says, nor did I. So at this point I realized these two are perfect. They should yes. be together. I mean, this is ridiculous. Well, she's literally the first line. There's this long, long silence. And then she says, two hours, 37 minutes, 13 seconds. That's how long we've been without verbal communication. communication. Yeah. And I thought what she meant was they were out of commu- calm range. Right, of the, right. They would, no, and then I realized, is, no, they haven't talked for talked two, hours, two hours, 37, 37 minutes. minutes. And Rebecca said at this point, she goes, oh, that sounds like you. What? Because I hate awkward silences. So Rebecca's oh. fine with Rebecca's fine with like silence and we don't have to talk. We just sit here and do our own things. And I am not. And okay, Rebecca's like, you would count. You would say, oh, it's been 32 minutes, 43 seconds since the last time you said, ask me a question or something. <laughs> anyway, yeah, she talks about how the doctor says she's got to engage in conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's an alarm. Yeah. Vessel approaching on an vessel intercept course. Mm-hmm. They try and to hail it. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. And then they try to actually, they try to hail Voyager. And there's a dampening feel that this, this mm-hmm. alien ship has basically placed upon their shuttle. Mm-hmm. They've lost engines, weapon shield. They have nothing. And all of a sudden, something is beamed. Something is beamed into the back of it's the a, shuttlecraft. It's like a it's little. A, red blinky thing it's a red blinky thing which is clearly tuvok goes and scans it and i just yeah. <laughs> he's like it's an explosive device of some of some sort and at that point i'm like why are you still sitting next to it why don't you move away sir he doesn't mind no, awkward silences with bombs either he's just hanging out fine um, touche mcneil touche but it blows up the yes. thing blows up they can't, and they couldn't beam it off either. So they were, nope. they were, oh uh, yeah, they, it blows up and uh, kaboom, bad, bad kaboom, bad and white, and it's a whiteout. Yes, a, it blows up into a whiteout. Right, and uh, as we come out of the whiteout, uh, we see in a tight shot that Seven is being scanned. Yeah, and she wakes up, and it's Jeffrey Combs. Yeah, Jeffrey Combs, as we will learn his name, Pink later. Pink, right? P E N K, Pink, Pink. But it's Jeffrey Combs. I love the mustache on you know, his makeup. Stu- How, what does it do? It starts and it curls under, and it's just—it's like oh, a catfish. Yeah. It yes, reminds me, yes, right? Yes, it's like yes, the yes, whisker yes. on a yes. catfish. Very. very and true. I remember Michael Westmore and Scott Wheeler and all our makeup people talking yeah. about how they had animals. They used animals as yeah, as books in- of animals, insects, amphibians, and they had all those books, yep. and they used them as as inspiration for the this alien feels, makeups. Yeah, yeah. This feels like a catfish, to me. very much so. But he scans her. He realizes that she is part Borg, and he's he's uh, says uh, she'll be a very popular attraction. So. Yeah. We don't really understand yet what's what going on. What that means, on. right? We come back and uh, we're still in the barracks and yeah. she asks where Tuvok is. And Pink mm-hmm. says he was injured in the explosion. Mm-hmm. 
and um, she wants to see him. She demands, I, I want to see Tuvok. And so he uh, calls the guards or, you know, calls for Tuvok to be brought in. Yeah. And uh, he says, you know, I just want you to be happy and comfortable. Uh, <laughs> that's very important for my fighters. <laughs> and we see the Herojan, uh J.G. Hertzler, yeah. is also in the barracks. So this is like a prison, you start it to is. realize. Mm-hmm. Gladiator prison. And uh, when he says, yeah, I, do, I want the comfort and happiness of my fighters, is that's very important to me. Yeah. And uh, and uh, J.G. Hertzler kind of laughs and says says something like pink's generosity is legendary mm-hmm. sarcastically right um, and everybody all the other prisoners laugh there yeah. but when they bring tuvok in yes seven says that well he needs medical attention and pink says okay yeah i can i could do that and seven's like well then do it and pink's sort of like wow you haven't even won a single match but yet you're already making these requests just like a champion so he's excited about seven yeah and so basically she says are you gonna treat him or not and he says well are you gonna fight and two uh, this is the best line when tuvok says do not comply my condition is not severe and then you look at his face and you're like really not severe in whose book is yeah, that he, not severe? He looks Dude, bad. Yeah, you look yeah. like cheesecloth. Your face yeah, he's is just got chunks of full flesh. Of holes. You're, yeah. It's gone. I mean, how, yeah. how are you even alive right now is my yeah. reaction to that. Yes. Very funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very funny. Oh, my um, goodness. So Pink uh, decides that uh, if she's not going to fight, that yeah. he'll put Tuvok in a red match. Right. We don't know what a red match is, but it sounds like a death match. Yeah. Oh, well, they uh, they say it at the end. They do say it. JG's, later on. JG says it right here. Mm-hmm. JG says a red match it doesn't end until one of the competitors is killed, and yeah. your friend would not survive. Uh, so she basically takes takes one for the team. She says, "I'm going to do it. I'm going to make sure I fight for him for Tuvok." Mm-hmm. At that point, Pank, because of the Herogen, decides that it's not going to be a red match for seven. It'll be a blue match. So this mm-hmm. is one that does not end in death. Yeah, he doesn't want to lose her too soon. Yeah, the ratings and all the, you know. Yeah, and because of her Borg enhancements, yes. that she's part Borg, that uh, he can he can milk this. That's right. Lots of people will be interested, so Seven yeah. complies. And uh, we go out to space. We see Voyager in orbit yeah. of this planet. We go in the mess hall, and we see Harry and uh, Tom and Chakotay, Torres. Mm-hmm. And they're all kind of looking at pads and talking about like the stats of all the fighters <laughs> and all the matches. Oh and everybody's God. really into this Sunkatsi fighting, yeah, which is kind of weird to me that <laughs> it's it's just weird that everybody is so blithely into gladiator style fighting. Yeah, I don't know. It just it 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 seemed very out of character. This yeah. this episode. I'm going to pause for a minute and do an overall. This episode to me felt super forced. Like Mm. I didn't feel like, you know, I feel like there's other characters that would have been more interesting to see fighting. If we're going to do this story than seven. Okay. Um, I didn't like the fight. It felt like a sellout to the wrestling side of UPN at the time. I don't know. I just, I I kind of felt that you, you were not so jazzed about this episode. And we were doing our intro and we're doing our bonus material for, our patrons and i'm gonna you know i'm gonna have the other side of it i'm I'm gonna say now that for me 
I grew up watching wrestling. So this was very exciting for me to have the rock here and have that element there. So I, yeah. d- it didn't bother me. And funny, funny enough, same thing with Megan. Megan also watched wrestling as a kid and she lists this episode as one of her favorites. She really, really, really like, Oh yeah. And I, I wow. wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, I did like this episode. So wow. your overall is you're not, you're not happy. No, this, this is one. definitely, I, I will spoiler uh, alert. Yeah. This is not one of my favorites. Okay. And it felt forced. And yeah. I think the reason is because it forced characters to like in this scene in the mess hall. Yeah. Torres and Paris and Chakotay and Harry, yeah. everybody talking about fighters as if we cared. And right. I don't think these characters had any previous you know, um, history of caring about this kind of thing. So it's just strained. It felt forced to me. The other thing is I feel like Star Trek always at its best is about ideas. Mm. And even though sure we have space battles and things having these protracted, like fake fights to me was just didn't feel like Star Trek. Yeah. It, It felt like, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think the only like our show. The only thing that pulled me out was that it's very clear that there is a stunt double for Jerry Ryan, and and you can't and it's not horribly yeah, and it's not hidden to the point where you can't. I mean, there's a way to shoot things to make it look like it's the real person doing it, right? I mean, and and you use minimal. They just use they, the double. Oh, they use and the even, double for even dead on shots when some, you saw yes. yes, and I was like, ooh, that's a little. Um, but I will say that. Uh, the individual who played the du- the stunt double, I can't remember her name now, but I can't remember even. Had some wonderful conversations with her, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. And I wish, and I'm so sorry if you're listening on that if I can't re- recall your name, but um, yeah, I, I would I would love to talk to her about this episode. You know, since she did the majority, or not majority, all the fighting, pretty much. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, everything. The only the beginning shot of her posing, getting ready to fight, was seven of nine was Jerry, but everything else was this, this guy. Yeah. So that pulled me out a lot, you know, cause yes, the double pulled me out mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one was a tough episode for me anyway. Yeah. Back Let's keep to going. the scene. So we're yeah. in the mess hall. We're comparing all the stats. I, I did like Harry says at one point, he says, oh, well, they're talking about the fighting being really tough. And Harry's yeah. like, well, try taking a Parisi's mallet to the rib. <laughs> And then Chakotay, you and Chakotay get into this like one-upsmanship I, about what sport it, is tougher. I it just know. seemed out of character is, to me, all is, of this stuff. Is this male toxicity? What are we doing right here? Yes. What, what's happening here? This what is, is uh, happening? Yeah. Uh, and he's talking about how he boxed a few Parisi's players, you know, mm-hmm. and then and Harry's talking about, out. oh yeah, and it just goes back and forth. And then at the very end, you and I, Engage well, in this little fake little fight thing. So that before, was a little bit pushed right there. That I, went, I can hear that you. went. It seemed out of character. Yeah. Bolana even gets involved. She's like, "Well, the tattooed terror has put yeah. more men in sick bay than the Ankaran flu." Right. And the then tattooed terror. Like, yeah, the tattooed where terror. Where do we get these nicknames and like one-upsmanship? Yeah. It's just bringing out yeah. like uncharacteristic right. behavior from all of us. Understood. Understood. And then yeah. you. And then you kind of joking. What what you say? You said yeah, you wouldn't want to bruise your clarinet fingers, you know. Again, just not usually what Paris would say. No. Uh, and then that's when when Kim goes, oh, you want to go a few rounds, or are you all talking? You're like anytime, any place. So you join in on this male uh, one-upsmanship. Yeah, show we as start well. like play fighting uh, yeah. each and other. And I say that boxing. you punch like a Ferengi, which I thought was kind of funny actually <laughs> I had to say that, it but just, still it's... weird. Yeah. 
it's it's that kind of like banter that feels yes kind of the the version of male toxicity mm-hmm. or like testosterone or yes. one up yeah like it's bringing out qualities in these characters that was just like these aren't our characters Correct. these aren't our relationships and i agree it, it just uh yeah so that's yeah. what the whole fighting as yeah. a like it felt forced to me yeah. it felt like, like we were serving the wrestling uh, block of UPN shows yeah. rather than the crossover episode right. rather than real story and real character. Anyway, that's my thoughts. Let's just end our recap. I think we're done. So, no, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> All right. Continue. <laughs> All right. So we go out in the hallway and uh, uh, Balana and Chakotay are walking out of the mess hall where all that banter was happening. Mm-hmm. Balana wants to go back down to watch more fights and um, Chakotay's like, oh, sorry, you're not going to be able to go. I rearranged the duty shift. So you've got the bridge. And she's like, what? Uh, and he says, yeah, as first officer, you know, I, I'm in charge of uh, the schedule here. And uh, he thinks he needs to go because as an anthropologist, he's got yeah. to study this cultural phenomenon. Yeah. He's just making up he is. stuff. He um, is. Yes. And it's again very uncharacteristic for him to do that as well. Yeah, he he would probably let. I feel like the real Chicote would have said, "You know what? You go down there. You have fun. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like he's not yeah. going to tell. He's not going to tell Torres you're going to take this shift because I, the commander who's now in charge of the whole ship, needs to be down on that planet to watch this Tsunkatsi match. Like really? Yeah. No, I don't think it, so. It all felt very flimsy to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, we go to sick bay next, and Neelix is. Uh, being treated by the doctor because he's got having a reaction he's on his sunburn to the leola root ointment yeah can't take he's, it. he's a little allergic and uh <laughs> the doctor says you know talaxian homeopathy is no yeah. substitute for medical science stay out of the sun and so uh neelix says he's going to go see sunkatsi right and the doctor really doesn't like that idea he yeah. hates this barbaric sport right yeah, um, he thinks that watching people hurt each other is barbaric, and he's yeah. really, um, <laughs> which again, I'm I'm on team doctor here. Like, it just yeah. doesn't seem like this particular version of barbaric sport <laughs> is something that any of us would be so obsessed with, right? So then Neelix um, asked, do you have any suggestions, other things to, for me to see? Because he's trying to, yeah. he feels like, okay, you're making a point for how yeah. barbaric this is, and that's when the that's when the doctor says, well, I. I'm planning on visiting the Norcadian Museum of Entomology this afternoon. There's a fascinating exhibit of beetle larvae from the Equatorial mm. subcontinent. You're welcome to join me. And that's when Neelix is the oh, one. Yes. That's when Neelix goes, mm. or fisticuffs. Yeah. Yes. Bugs are that's a tough one. I did love the hives on his face, though. Like yeah. his sunburn went from just sunburn to yeah. boils on his face. Yeah. And yeah. But the doctor gives him a shot because uh, that's going to treat this because. The next cut is right to Neelix. He's in the arena. In the arena. And he's cheering like crazy, which is, I but like his, that transition. But, all but the boils sunburn, are gone, right? They're everything's gone. gone. So whatever yeah. the doctor did, he's Neelix good. should have gone there first. He should have. Again, from the last episode, I think it was the last one. Yeah. Don't skip your checkups, people. Go see your doctor. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is the lesson. That is mm-hmm. the lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're in the arena. There's uh, Neelix and Tom and yeah. Harry and Chakotay. So I was kind of right. Like, so it kind of looks like. Remember, I was talking about I was sitting away from you. I was sitting away, kind of away. You from were on you, the end. It goes, yeah, because yeah. it went, it went 
Chicote, Paris. Then there was a bit of a space, or th- or Neelix was in the row ahead of you, maybe is what it was. I think then we were it was all me. in the same row. Really? Okay. Yeah. It just felt like there, but I was at the very, very end, and then the third wheel. Really, you were the third wheel of our yeah. all our fun. Yeah, in it's the days of sitting in that thing. Yeah, there's uh, different fighters there. We we have some fighting, and again, another thing I hated about this episode was. Yeah. You know, we're watching these aliens fighting that we don't know, that we don't care about. Mm. They have nothing to do with our story. Right. Just to have more gratuitous fighting. Yes. Anyway, the lady wins. She knocks out the uh, the other competitor. The other, uh, competitor. Mm-hmm. Then Neelix asks, uh, he's, he doesn't understand the fighting. So now Chakotay's got to explain the rules. Yeah. They wear these Polaron disruptors is what Chakotay mm-hmm. says on their hands and feet. That's the, the pads that we were talking about. Yeah. Um, they emit a charge into the other opponent on contact with the target sensor. So that's the things on the chest. Yeah. And um, you're, the, the object of this fight is to fight and try to attack the sensor, the target sensor, the other player's target sensor, without letting yours be um, hit, I guess. Yeah. So he's going through this long explanation. And Paris goes, hey, are you guys going to talk or are you going to watch? Which I love. <laughs> Come on watch this game and that is the introduction of Dwayne the rock johnson yes. who comes yes. does he have a name on this he has to have a name too he, right he's the champion so he comes yeah. out and all the fanfare the crowd goes wild and i did love what he did with the eyebrow he does his standard yeah. signature move and it was great to me to yeah. see him there it really was and uh and his opponent is none other than seven of nine mm-hmm. and of course the Voyager crew immediately are like, what, what the heck is going on? And we try. We try our hardest to scream at her name. She's not listening, which is a little odd. We don't know. We're figuring out why isn't she? Tom yeah. says it's too loud in here. Everybody's mm-hmm. screaming so loudly that she can't hear us. So right. Chakotay calls the bridge. And there's Bolana in the yeah. captain's chair for the first time, I think. Yeah. I've never seen her. You're right. Um, Chakotay says seven is in the pit. Beam her out. Uh, we go back. They're still fighting. Seven is winning, by the way, at this point. She does yeah. have superior strength to this champion. Um, he's down. Uh, she's got the upper hand. And yeah. she says, I have no desire to inflict further damage. <laughs> and because she pauses there, he goes after her. Now now he's taking her down. We go back to the bridge. Balana says she can't see any life signs in the pit. She's scanning it, but there's no life signs. Yeah. And Chikori says, I'm looking right at her. Mm-hmm. Recalibrate the bioscan. Um, she said, all I see is photonic readings, holograms. Yeah. Harry, we cut back to the arena. Harry says, holograms. <laughs> Paris says they're transmitting this fight from some other location. Again, it's Tom and Harry figuring it out in the yep. end. It's that us. Was, that's my takeaway. We, <laughs> we figured it out. <laughs> anyway, we go, we realize that there is a real arena. So yeah. I, I started in my notes calling it the arena or the real arena. <laughs> where they were actually (laughs) fighting, not the hologram arena where the audience was. Mm -hmm. So in this real arena where they actually are fighting, we see this uh, fight continue. There's no audience there though. It's just Pank and his guards up in a, like a control Control booth booth kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And they're uh, transmitting this um, to the viewing arena and uh, they're watching this fight and suddenly an alarm sounds. Pink realizes that something is disrupting their transmission. He says, um, 
you know, compensate and the guards change their frequency, I guess, so that we can't, um, they can't be tracked. And uh, we go back to the uh, viewing arena and the fight's continuing and Seven's winning again, but she hesitates again for the knockout blow that she has a chance to take here. And he takes advantage of that, ends up punching her chest sensor and looks around the champion here. Everybody starts chanting, Tsunkatsu, Tsunkatsu. Mm -hmm. um, but this time, Chakotay and all of us, we are not joining in. Now we've lost our interest yeah. in the fighting. That's right. Um, and we're all very, very worried. Mm -hmm. But Seven is just unconscious on the floor yeah um we go to janeway shuttle next mm -hmm. which is the delta flyer Tom <laughs> uh, janeway's borrowed the, shuttle yes her borrowed shuttle um she's heading back and she's getting a full report from chakotay and torres who are on the bridge so they're talking via a view screen um chakotay and torres say that they're having a very difficult time trying to track this transmission um, because it's being sent to every planet in the sector and it could take days for them to figure out where Seven and Tuvok are. Chakotay does say that Neelix has gone down to meet with some Norcadian officials mm -hmm. and try to use diplomacy. Janeway responds that she will be back soon, but it's going to take her 48 hours to get there. So she's far away on her yeah, shore leave trip. Mm -hmm. um, we go back to the barracks next and... The Herogen is regenerating her or healing her. He's yeah. got some tools. I guess he snuck in there. Mm -hmm. um, and Seven says, use these on Tuvok. He's you know very severely injured. And the Herogen said he already has. Yeah. So I thought that was a very nice gesture for Herogen. It was for Herogen, definitely. Mm -hmm. But Seven, Seven questions this. She's like, why are you helping us? And he says, well, I just recognize fellow hunters when I see mm -hmm. them. Seven says, I'm not a hunter. And the Herogen says, well, I saw your match today and your skills are impressive. Mm -hmm. And basically, you know, he, he gives her this pep talk and he says that um, there's certain things that she needs to do to get better and that he can help her with this um, to make sure that she wins in her next match or when mm -hmm. she has a red match. And essentially, this is the setup for him to become Mr. Miyagi. Her, yes, her <laughs> trainer. Way. Am I right? That's her right. trainer. Yes. Yep. yes. And he does say, in here, you're either a champion or you're dead. Yeah. That's it. That's it. You have two choices. Mm -hmm. Pink does arrive. And uh, he's, he's perfectly happy that she lost her last yeah. fight. Right. Because all the people that were cheering that, that someone was getting the best of a Borg, of the Borg, basically. Yep. So that's why he's so mm -hmm. happy. Yeah. And so um, he's going to take advantage of all this uh, interest and excitement in her fighting. Mm -hmm. And he's scheduled a red match for the yep. day after next. Yeah. So that's about 48 hours when Janeway's coming back, by the way. Yeah. So it's all going to happen simultaneously. Yeah. Sounds day like after it. next. Um, he said that 3 billion people paid to see her get hurt. Imagine how many will pay to watch her die. Yeah. And then he leaves. I was like, 3 billion people? This is pay-per-view? Pay-per-view fight with 3 billion, and he's going to make a lot more than that. Oh, my goodness. That's a good, that's a that's good, a take. good business. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, after Pink leaves, the Herogen says he can train her to win. Yeah. And she says she doesn't want to kill anyone. 
Mm-hmm. And he says, well, consider the alternative. Yeah. And so she agrees. She agrees. Yeah. She realizes with Tuvok injured in her situation, she has no choice. Yeah. So we have a little time cut. She's uh, she's training now. She's doing some martial arts move. Jerry was. Yeah. That I thought was very, it was good. It was it good choreography. It looked and, like Kung Fu. It looked like Chinese Kung Fu, yeah, basically, what looked, she was doing. Yeah. It looked really good to me. It did. And the Herojin corrects her. He's like, nope, uh, that's yeah. not quite right. And she says, no, you're you're mistaken. Yeah. And then she quotes the book of Sunkatsu. So there's evidently a book on how yes. to fight this fight. So yes. it's, yeah. Which yeah. I did not know. It has this scene. It has defenses and attacks yeah. and maneuvers yeah. all described, and she's doing exactly by the book. Right. Um, she says Tuvok borrowed this from another fighter. Yeah. And uh, the Herojin uh, shows her very quickly yeah. that that she must be ready to yes. to not do things by the book. You can't you can't learn how to be a champion by some book that is That's instinctual. Right. She has to be instinctual. And then she hits him while he's talking. And he goes, oh, nice. He was impressed by that. He was. And she says, yes, I observe that you favor your left side. Yeah. And he goes, interesting. Very observant. I was yeah. wounded 19 years ago Yeah, during my son's first hunt. And then I became the prey. Yeah. Um, so we get a little backstory here. What happened backstory. Yeah. And as she's leaning into his story and listening and starting to feel sorry for him, she lets her defenses down and, and he, he hits her, hits her. <laughs> knocks her back. <laughs> and he says, you can't do that or you'll die. Yeah. yeah. And they, and they kind of realize that like, you have to be instinctual and you got to play a little dirty in this game. Yeah. And then they start back to training yeah. and they start doing this move, the two of them. <laughs> and I was like, that is the most awkward circle dance I've ever seen. It was like some weird mating ritual. <laughs> uh, poor thing. All right. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, uh, we go out to space for a minute. Uh, Voyager's still in orbit. Mm-hmm. Come back to the transporter room and Neelix beams in. Yeah. He's been it's down like, talking to the Norcadians. Doing some diplomacy. Chicote says, how'd it go? And uh, he's and Neelix says, well, the Norcadian ambassador was really upset uh, <laughs> that that possibly any, you know, other, you know, I think he calls them off worlders or something the, mm-hmm. that foreigners basically are, are being forced to fight. He, he was in he was just outraged by this. Mm-hmm. And um, Neelix says, but I don't know if it was, you know, uh, actually genuine because so much of the planet's revenue they make tons of money yeah. from this game yeah. and so they're not going to do anything to jeopardize no they're going to look the other money. way i mean yeah. you were, you already gave us the numbers 3 billion viewers yeah. i mean that's incredible that's a lot i did like that you know it's a moment of of learning for chicote cuz he says uh, yeah. you know they're talking about how can people cheer for you know this kind of barbaric thing and mm-hmm. chakotay says well we were cheering before seven and tuvok were about yeah so he recognizes so, that he yeah. was kind of being caught up in this barbaric game mm-hmm. definitely um, and once it's someone you know it's it's a whole different it's not yeah. fun anymore really yeah. right yeah. now you're like oh wait a minute <laughs> mm-hmm. not what we want to see yeah we go to astrometrics kim and torres are there they report on transmissions that are coming from the ship 
Chicote wants the status quo, so he's there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chicote's there, and uh, they talk about the ship where the transmissions are coming from. Though it's it's very large, it's well armed, it's mm-hmm. it's armored, it's it's you know probably too much for a Voyager. And Chicote says, "Well, the bigger they come, yeah." <laughs> and yeah, he he uh, he says, "Let's send the coordinates to Captain Janeway because we're mm-hmm. going to need a hand." Yeah, and yeah. that's why we couldn't find seven in the first place we were scanning all these planets and in reality she was on a ship a fighting Mm -hmm. ship a gladiator ship uh we go to the barracks again seven is practicing some moves this was one scene where the double just jumped out to me so much yes they're practicing their moves the herogen is testing her on all these things Mm -hmm. he says at one point what do you see she says pray he says what do you do she says kill it when they're done with their training, she says, thank you. And he says, thank me by winning. Yeah. So now she joins Tuvok. Tuvok's a little better. Tuvok is up and, and walking. And now he's over by the door. He's trying to disable the ship's shields mm-hmm. and uh, or disable their dampening field from a panel that he's opened. But it's yeah, no he, use. He can't. No, he can't. He can't access, yeah. He needs to yeah. access the control interface. Otherwise, yeah. he can't disable it. And she tells Tuvok here that she's very worried about what she might do in, in this yeah. pit, in this yeah. fight, yeah. like kill her opponent. She's just worried. She doesn't want to do that. Yeah. And uh, Tuvok says, well, as a drone, you took many lives, right? Yeah. So he sort of argues that she's got to do what she's got to do. And, and Tuvok puts a button on the end of this scene. He says, do whatever it takes to survive. So yeah. he is basically saying to her, if you must kill, you must kill. And yeah. that's what he's, he's giving her that license right now. It's a tough pill to swallow. It really is. Yeah. We go to the arena again, the viewing arena, and uh, there's a cool overhead shot. I yes. love it. Just at the arena of them looking straight down. Yeah. Uh, the lights seem even fancier to me. <laughs> it's like the, <laughs> the, the main event. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's very fancy. And we expect the rock to come out. Right. Uh, seven, seven comes out and then it's not the rock coming it's out. She's JG not Hertzler. It's oh. her teacher and mentor. She's going to have to fight him and kill him. In see, the this is the now. twist that most people did not see coming. Yeah. I'm going to say this is the twist right here. She says in the beginning, she says, you knew and you were deceiving me. You were mm-hmm. studying me so you can kill me. So now it's a bit of paranoia. Like she right. doesn't know. Were you training me so that you could see my weaknesses so you can kill me? Or were you training me to kill you? Right. Either way, it's bad. Yeah. And he said he wants his uh, his death, a, de- a death that his son would be proud of. Yeah. So we realized that's why he wanted he wanted this to happen. Yeah. He wanted to train her so well that she would defeat him. Yeah. And he would go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, I won't kill you. And then he said, well, then, then I'm going to kill you. you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They start to fight and uh, we're kind of going back and forth from this arena with no audience to yeah, the arena to the, with an audience. Right. And it's, and it's the bridge, a bit of, the bridge throws in here too as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. When we're on the bridge, we uh, learn that we are approaching this vessel, the fight, the, the barge vessel or whatever yeah. fighting ship, the fighting ship. Let's say still that. no Janeway though. Um, Chakotay asks if there's any sign of Tuvok or seven. Harry says our sensors can't penetrate the hull. Mm-hmm. We hail them. Pink appears on our yeah. view screen. Um, Chakotay says, uh, you know, we want, we want our people. Do you have our people? Uh, we need them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Pink's like, mm, seven's occupied right now. Uh, Chakotay gets pissed. He's like, 
you have 30 seconds or we're going to open fire. And Pank sort of smiles <laughs> and he says, oh, fighter. I respect that. Like that. Yeah. But you're no match for me. And he <laughs> clicks off, hangs up. Oh, oh I love Jeffrey pissed. in this one. He's so good. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Um, we go back to the arena. Yeah. As predicted, seven is winning superior strength. Yeah. Um, but she does say she wants to find another way out. Right. She doesn't want to kill him. She does mm-hmm. not want to kill him. And Hirogen, JG is saying, there's no other way, no other way. And then he's, gi- then he's giving her tips. He's like, you're still dropping your elbow. Yeah. Right? <laughs> he's like, make a choice, hunter or prey, hunter or prey. What are you going to do? So they mm-hmm. keep fighting, jumps back I'm to pretty, the bridge. Pretty even blows at yeah, this point. I'd in say the fight. so too. So the fight, you know, she was kind of winning at first. Now it's kind of even blows. We don't know which way it's going to go. Yep. We go to space. Voyager's firing on the, the vessel. Yeah. And I noticed this vessel, this fight vessel, has giant satellite dishes. Like what you would see at a TV it, station. Yeah. So clearly, <laughs> that's how they're broadcasting, right? Yeah. They're broadcasting. <laughs> so I guess, you know, the, the design and engineering of <laughs> satellite dishes are doesn't still change. used. Doesn't change. <laughs> No, um, clearly not. Because it's funny because I had for a for a brief time I had Starlink, which is the internet service. Yes. That, you know, I don't have it anymore. Right. But I tried out Starlink and w- with an old-fashioned old- satellite dish, too. You had no. That too. No? No. What I'm saying is it doesn't use a satellite dish. Oh, it doesn't. It has, it has a panel oh. that moves. So, like, you know, in the future, there's not <laughs> gonna be these satellite dishes with a they're not going to look like that. Like the okay. design is going to change just okay. like the Starlink okay. internet that I had briefly yeah. uh, is not a satellite dish, right? but on this ship, it's a satellite. It's a bunch <laughs> it, of satellite dishes. It is. Maybe, uh, maybe Pank has a, a co-deal with direct TV or something like that. Yeah. You know, that's what so. it looked like. It looked like some, you know, anyway, All right. Voyager's firing on this vessel, but we're, we're not winning. We're not winning, but Kim cannot, um, locate seven, but he does have a lock on Tuvok. Mm-hmm. So Chicote says, "Beam him to sick bay. Keep targeting those generators." We do have Tuvok, and Chicote uh, asks Tuvok, "Do you know where seven is or her, her status?" And Tuvok then informs us that she is being forced to fight to the death, and yeah. I believe that they are on the uppermost deck. And of course, guess what? That's the most protected part of yes. that fighting ship it's protected by multi-phasic force fields and we can't even penetrate them nope. so now because of the fighting ship's superior firepower our shields are down to 40 percent, 32 percent. it's getting lower and lower we jump back to the fighting and they're again still back and forth nothing is it's it's kind of a stalemate to be honest they just they just you know someone gets a little bit of a hand a upper hand then the other person gets the upper hand just back and forth i felt like in this part of the fight mm. that the Herogen was kind of winning like seven was she was tired in fact that shot yeah. when she's kind of down on her knees in the foreground you yeah. see him behind her and he knows she's getting tired yeah. so he says he insults her in the way that he knows is going to work to he get says, her to yeah to fire her yeah. up mm-hmm. yeah you're you're imperfect yes and she's like you don't say that to a boy don't, Former don't. Board? <laughs> no yes you're Dare imperfect you. And now she comes back hard. She gets pissed off. She's now her, you know, her human emotions are triggered. Yeah. Super reverse flying kick. Bam. Yep. And the erosion's like spinning around. Like some of those moves were 
very sort of uh, over the top theatrical martial arts movie. It was, I'm okay but it was with good. It. It was, I'm okay yeah. with it. it but fun. then he still taunts her after he, after he she kicks him. He's like, "Was well, that the best you can do?" So it's still him yeah. urging her to be more yeah. deadly so that he could die. Basically, yeah. we go back to the bridge. The yeah. shields are down now. Our Alana shields says, are down. Our shields Correct? are yes. down. Mm-hmm. Harry still can't get a lock on yeah. Seven. No. Harris is like, "Let's get out of here." Yeah. <laughs> We're we're dead. See, Paris, Paris is, is the voice of reason. Why are yeah. we listening to Paris right now? But no, we're still. And Chakotay says, "Yeah, Chakotay says no. We're going to stay. We need to knock out their signal generators for this broadcast." Like He's he using his noggin. Yeah, yeah, because why would they continue the fight if they can't broadcast this to yeah. the thousands of planets that are, are receiving yeah. the signals? So that's the a smart billions move. and yeah, billions. billions of people. Exactly. Yeah. Suddenly, Paris sees a vessel. It's the Delta Flyer. Thank God. Janeway's, uh, Janeway, I love her line. She says, nothing like jumping right back to work after a long, <laughs> long vacation. vacation. Uh, Chakotay tells Janeway, target their signal generators. Yes. Um, that's those satellite dishes. Yes. Uh, we that's see what the, he should have said. Ta- yeah. Target the satellite dishes, Captain. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We see the Delta flyer out in space, take out one of the satellite dishes. It crashes and yeah. flies off into, uh, into space. Mm-hmm. We go back to the viewing arena where the ch- crowds are cheering, but then the hollow images fritz yeah. and disappear. Yeah. <laughs> we go back to the real arena and we we learn that they've lost half their audience. Oh. Pink says reroute power to transmitters five and six. He's trying to overcome this. Um, we go to the bridge. Kim says that uh, basically they've reduced power to their force fields and he has two life signs in there, seven and a Herogen. But he cannot get an individual lock. Chakotay says, "What? Beam them both. Beam them both." Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. We do. He sends Paris and a security detail to the transporter room, and so we go back to the arena. It's near the end of this fight. The Herogen is down. She's throwing some super fast punches here, um, and then the Herogen is down. He says, "Never let your prey suffer. Kill it." Mm-hmm. And her hands are up and she's ready. She's about to deal the blow. The death. We blow. think so. We don't yeah. know. I yeah. don't know. I think and she was going to do it. I really do. Cause it, it, it's about, it's about survival at this point. Well, doesn't she say it? Well, let's talk about when we get there okay, later, fine. but they're beamed but out. She's, they're yeah. beamed out. We go to the transporter room, Paris and, and, and the security team have their yeah. weapons drawn. Everybody has phaser rifles. <laughs> it's like, they're, they're ready to go. Yeah. And Paris says to Seven, they're in that same position. Her hands are up. Yeah. Paris says, Seven, step away. You say He's, stand away, which is stand the weirdest away. thing. Right. Because I was like, why didn't he say stand down? That's typically the the you know verbiage that we would use on a show like this. Yeah. And you go, Seven, stand away. Like, huh? It's yeah, a little it's a weird. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but she responds by saying, this fight is over. Yeah. And she stands up. She offers her hand to the Herogen to lift him up. And off of that moment, we go to sick bay. Chicote tells this uh, Herogen that they've contacted a Herogen hunting party close by and yeah. rendezvous and yeah. hand him off there. And Seven yeah. says, can I have a minute just to talk to this Herogen guy? Mm-hmm. And so the doctor and Chicote uh, give them some space. Mm-hmm. But as the doctor's leaving, he goes, you know, I'll be close by if you need anything like a shot or a medicine or phaser a, rifle, a phaser <laughs> rifle. <laughs> And then they leave and seven apologizes. She's like, you know, the doctor's just very protective. And, and uh, the Herogen says, well, he doesn't know how, 
how good a fighter you are, how yeah. well you defend yourself. Yeah. And um, he gives her his chest sensor as a trophy. Yes. Because that's what uh, Hirogen do. They keep a trophy yeah. from all their prey. But I love this. When Seven says, well, what are you going to do now? You know, search for new prey. And he's done. He's he's over with that life. He's like, no, this time I'll be searching for my son. And it's you know, it's a very moving moment. I think. It's a nice I like moment. Yeah. yeah. We go to space, uh, Voyagers at Warp. We cut in astrometrics and there's seven working and Tuvok enters yeah, and offers assistance. And she says, fine. And then he goes to a consult and it's the silence again, the awkward silence. Yeah. And he finally says, I feel compelled to speak. <laughs> and he says, if, if she had not offered to take his place, that he would be dead. And yeah. he says, I owe you a debt of gratitude. Yeah. And she says, well, you can help with these recalibrations. <laughs> That's it. That's it. You just <laughs> save your life, and all you all you ask is like push some buttons, some recalibration. Um, he asks how she is, and she yeah. talks about her her uh, eye socket or something. You know, the yeah. doctor says she's healing from all the fighting, but she'll be fine. And he goes, "No, I'm not talking about your physical condition." Right. She says, "You know what? I feel like the Herogen was right. I'm weak. I lost control. Maybe I'm losing my humanity." She says, I feel guilt. I feel shame. I feel remorse. Yeah. And Tuvok's response is, well, then you haven't, if you feel all those feelings, then you have not lost your humanity. You have and reaffirmed it. You have reaffirmed it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. There it is. Okay. okay. What's your lesson out of this <sighs> episode? Fighting is bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the overall lesson. Yes. Fighting is bad. And let's face it, it's unnecessary. We don't need yes. that. I mean, you can you can watch. There are plenty of sports to watch that have no death involved. Yes. <laughs> so yes. let's 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 go to those sports, please. Yes. I mean, my lesson here was the reality that uh the human experience isn't just about lovey dovey. Uh, happy things it also has a dark side all of that is human yeah so uh you know there's the the dark side was attractive to balana and chakotay and tom and harry until seven was there they were all cheering on that dark side mm -hmm. that that gladiator fighting so you know accepting and recognizing that our humanity has a dark side and just that awareness maybe can keep us from going to bad places, you know, use doing bad things with it. Yeah. So that's yeah. my lesson. What about you? Yeah. I mean, for me, I guess I was thinking about this and I kept think I kept coming up with sometimes life will put you in a situation where you have to make a decision that may not be in line with your morals or your beliefs and really, when you are placed in a situation like that, it, it's important to really um, acknowledge that that is not the norm for you to, to have to do these, to, to make these decisions and to realize that you have to be good to yourself afterwards because the PTSD or the mental side of it can really take you down if you let, if you let it, you know, so it's, it's about healing yourself by accepting that you were placed in a, in a situation that you had no control over. You had to mm -hmm. do that. And so that, and that will happen to people in their life. I'm sure everyone will come across a crossroads where they have to make a decision and both decisions are bad. They're just not decisions that are, 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 yeah. are, you know, upstanding or, or, or good for humanity. And so really um, I guess the lesson is that you may be 
placed in a situation where you're ha- going to have to make a decision that's not popular uh, and that's not yeah. in tune with who you are. But just because you have made that decision, it doesn't change you. You're still who you are. You know, yeah. you're you still have the same morals. You still have the same, and to realize that 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 you are that person, mm-hmm. and that that was a momentary lapse because you were forced. Your hand was forced, and so be gentle on yourself. You know, yeah. don't don't beat yourself up over it, which is very easy to do. Yeah. Um, so that's it, really. Mental nice. health. Nice. Okay. Um, what was your rating on this episode? I'm gonna give this a. Well, it was in the eights, but then after talking to you uh, and listening to you, I've now pulled it down, and I'm oh. now I'm now in. But I'm gonna go high sevens. I'm gonna go seven point nine. Wow, I'm go seven point nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, and then my your, rating. What's your rating? Yeah, it's a five. Wow. Okay, and I'm gonna say that the average rating is going to be in the sevens. It'll be seven point two, something like well, that. Let's see. I've got it right here. The admiral and captain average rating for Sunkatse yes. is six point seven. Ooh, it's lower. So you said seven nine. I yeah. said five. That's almost right in the middle of you and me. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this wow. was one of my least favorite episodes. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Man, it happens. It's yeah. okay. There's a lot of good episodes, and yeah. some people love this episode. So, mm-hmm. but uh, for me, I found it out of character for mm-hmm. a lot of us. I found yeah. the fighting to be gratuitous and forced, and yeah, I just didn't. I hear but you. I thought, I thought Jeffrey, I thought JG were great, and I think Dwayne was good too. Dwayne was it. Yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. Was. He was um, like, he didn't, he didn't trip over any of his lines. He had to no. use some Star trek lines in there too, as he had some techno babbles. So there's a lot of, did okay. there's a lot of good moments in yeah. this, but as a episode, I think not my favorite. Got it. But between you, Johnny, Ethan Phillips and Robert Beltran, you three had the time of your lives. Oh, such a great yeah, so it was a, memory. Of it, that what, was a 9.9 9 for you that guys. Was a, yes, <laughs> or a 10, right? Or a, that was a 10. Yeah, that's a It classic. was a six for me because I was the third wheel. But other than that, it was we nice to know that you had a good time. Fun times together up there in the stands. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Thanks for uh, listening to our uh, rewatch and uh, yeah. memories of Tsunkase. Tsunkase. And join Robbie and I next week when we discuss the Voyager episode Collective, which I'm going to guess has something to do with Seven of Nine. <laughs> going to guess. All right. Yeah. Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Bye. Bye.